Right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are live here from the KFBS Digital News Desk, and we are joined by David Yaskevich. He is with Southeast Missouri State University and the Department of Accounting, Economics, and Finance. David, how are you today? I'm doing well. Good to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to uh, have you here. Um, and we're going to be digging in. As always, this is Money Talks, our program all about all things economic news and analysis, uh, breaking down your week and past couple of weeks in terms of what is uh, what is new and what, how it may be affecting your wallet or bank account. Um, diving in then, one of those, of course, is that we have certainly felt the brunt of when it comes to affecting wallets and bank accounts has been um, inflation, has been interest rates, uh, and the Federal Reserve is, is leaving those the same here. Uh, as of their their latest decision, right? What does that What does that mean? Do we take that to mean much in terms of over our overall picture of the economy of of, of inflation? Yeah, it's interesting how with these federal open market committee meetings, where they make decisions on the federal funds rate, which affects interest rates in general, it's interesting how we tend to know what the decision will be ahead of time. Yet it still makes big news. But I, I would argue that with their last meeting, which was this past Tuesday and Wednesday, it was a two-day meeting, that some of the reports that were presented and some of the projections that were presented really were, took, took a lot of the headlines and might have been, in fact, news and new information. So the, the federal funds rate right now is between a target range of four and a quarter and four and a half percent. That was the same rate they set it at at their previous meeting in July. So that's, that's nothing new. But if, if there was a um, precise and simplified message from this week, I think it would be higher for longer. So interest rates will remain higher for longer uh, based on the projections that were reported in this meeting. So, for example, in their report on projections, the 19 participants of the meeting, there's 12 members of the Federal Open Market Committee who make decisions, and then there are five other regional bank presidents throughout the country who show up and give input yeah. and share their projections as well. 12 out of 19 participants projected that we would see at least one more interest rate hike at an FOMC meeting before the end of calendar year 2023. Okay. So if someone is not happy with interest rates being high, that, that would not be good news for you. Because the real uncertainty would be, are they done raising interest rates? And then after that, the bigger uncertainty, I would say, would be for how long will they remain at these elevated levels. So higher for longer was clearly the story that came out of their, their meeting this week. There are other things as well. Uh, their projections also included economic data, where they projected for the rest of this year. Sure. Uh, by the end of 2024, what would we see? And even beyond that. Now, you go beyond one year, you know, I might look at that and say, okay, they're probably going to update that at some point. Right. But uh, the two takeaways from their projections on economic outcomes and activity would be or inflation, excuse me, inflation would remain higher than normal, but will be uh, at the, these lower rates we've been seeing uh, for most of this year. So, for example, at the end of this year, 2023, they're projecting a majority or median estimate would project a core inflation rate, which would exclude volatile food and energy, of about 3.7%. Okay? Now, if you hear about the 2% target, the main thing is it's above the 2% target. It would be above what we've seen as an average for most of the 10 years between the end of the Great Recession and before the pandemic. Okay. So inflation lower, 
but higher than normal. Yeah. Okay. And if you look at GDP growth, if you look at income growth, if you look at the labor market, you know, you'll t see two different stories. You'll see a story of slower growth uh, if you look at the GDP and income measures, but you'll still see projections of a fairly strong labor market of around 4% unemployment by this time next year, according to their projections. 4% is a good number. Anything below 5% for the U.S. would be fairly good. Anything below 4%, like we've seen for much of this year, is very good. So sure. um, some good news, some bad news, depending on your perspective on interest rates. But it looks like the long-term story, at least for the next year, would be slower growth, continued pace, inflation higher than normal, but lower than we've seen, and interest rates are going to be higher for longer. Okay. All right. Um, meanwhile, the U.S. Census Bureau is reporting that inflation-adjusted income uh, decreased, and uh, meanwhile, poverty rates increased in 2022. Um, what kind of factors are we seeing there that plays into that? And um, yeah, what other details as far as, you know, the economic picture that this paints? This is a report that comes out from the Census Bureau every year. And just a little background, this set of numbers on uh, income, poverty, there's other measures as well. It's kind of like an assessment for the prior year of what would be the health of American households. And where this information is kind of different from a lot of income data we see throughout the year reported monthly, would be this would look at a much larger sample of U.S. households. And how it's tip the data are typically collected would be there'd be household surveys in the month of March. And households would be asked to reflect on their income and their other experiences from the prior year. So they're looking back at the prior year. Mm -hmm. So these are estimates for what occurred in the year 2022, the last full year that ended. And we would have seen median household income. The estimate that the Census Bureau gave for median household income would have fell, fallen by a, a little over 2%. So median household income would have been around $74,000, $75,000. Uh, okay. So keep in mind, you have families of fours. You could have families of more than four, yeah. less than four, seventy. Four to $75,000 per year would be median income. But the big takeaway there is if you use those same methods for data collection and data analysis and you look at it over time, we would have seen roughly a 2% decline from the previous year. So that's saying that median household income is not keeping up okay. with inflation. If you look since 2019, we would have seen a 4% decline. So that's saying something about median households that we wouldn't see if we were looking at other measures, such as income of those who are, are simply working. Yeah. If you look at that, you'll get a more optimistic picture on what wages and salaries are doing vis-a-vis -vis inflation. Not keeping up, but it wouldn't be as, 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 as much of a gap. Um, keep in mind, this, this measure of median households would be, include those who are retired and no longer working. Uh, so um, that, that, that's useful information there. Um, what about the poverty rate? You mentioned mentioned the poverty rate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are two measures of poverty. And if you look at one, we would have seen no change of 11.5%. Mm -hmm. But that number should have some uh, context given to it. Uh, that's the official poverty rate, and its origin would be in the 1960s. Uh, an analyst in the federal government asked this question, what if we took a, the cost of a typical uh, diet Mm -hmm. on an annual basis that someone would need to just get by. 
and there's a, a diet or amount of food that the Department of Agriculture reports each year that that would be the case. If we found the cost of that and we multiplied it by three, yeah. that would be the cutoff for the poverty line for a typical person. Okay. You'd adjust for households, of course. But a lot of times when I tell people that story who aren't familiar with it, they're like, that's really underwhelming. That seems rather <laughs> arbitrary. That doesn't seem like a very sophisticated way of measuring poverty. Because you know, if you give, give someone your pre-tax income number and compare it to that um, subsistence diet multiplied by three, you might scratch your head and say, well, uh, what about your tax obligations? Sure. Or well, uh, you know, there are programs that could provide uh, assistance on housing, on medical care. Um, and, uh, and, other, and other types of assistance, there's no adjustment based on that, which should alleviate the amount of poverty, whereas taxes would probably exacerbate it to some extent. That's the number. If you make those adjustments, that's the number that went up over the last year. And it would have been a pretty sizable number by or increase by about four to five percentage points from seven point something to 12 point something percent. It was 12.4 percent that what we call the supplemental poverty rate rose to. So that, that, that could be somewhat an alarm. Uh, of course, it's suggesting, like the median household income number, that incomes aren't keeping up with inflation, but also there were some pandemic error uh, aid programs that were phased out during 2022, and that could suggest that they were very helpful, and they might have been the difference between some people being slightly below the poverty line and being slightly above it. So a right. lot, of, lot of useful information to unpack from that survey. Yeah. And that report. But again, that's the U.S. Bureau of uh, U.S. Census Bureau that would report that information. All right. Absolutely. Uh, great information uh, there helps to put. Yeah. Like like I said, you know, uh, put a put this into a broader picture. Um, meanwhile, we've got uh, the United Auto Workers strike. Um, you know, the impact there as far as economic losses looking about to be. Uh, like uh, 1.6 billion, according to the number I've got. You know, um, the the estimation of the losses, economic impact, uh, and production losses. Um, what do we make of of this in terms of the economic impact, potential ongoing economic impact as um, as we we continue to see it play out? Yeah, this this one is ongoing. This is another high profile strike. That we're seeing within the last year. We saw the uh, rail worker strike yeah. earlier uh, within the last year. We saw the UPS strike, mm -hmm. the Hollywood writers and actors strike. That one might be seeing light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, fingers crossed on that one. But here's an, another one with the big, uh, big three automakers in the UAW. So last week, uh, late Thursday, they, they went on strike at only three assembly plants in Michigan, Ohio, and in Wentzville, Missouri, uh, a bit north of here. Yeah. Um, the big news today is that they extended the strike to 38 parts and distribution centers throughout the country. And th this one is another head-scratcher because if you're, you're striking at three assembly plants, you know, it's somewhat small in terms of the scale of, of the, the work stoppage. And assembly plants aren't going to immediately impact consumers at the retail level. Yeah because it's gonna take a while for the, that production slowdown to show up in at dealership lots and affect the price of, of new cars. Now, if you're affecting the, the flow of parts, I don't know about you, but I drive a pretty old car. <laughs> yeah. 
15 years young. Yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I get repairs, that could slow down the, the amount of time it takes for me to get, sure. get the car repaired or the cost of the parts. So th there's this uh, element of the strategy we're seeing by the UAW and their, their president, Sean Fain, to carry out uh, what they're calling a targeted strike. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not doing everything at once. They're not taking all 146,000 union workers of right. the UAW and stopping work. Um, they're, they're, they're kind of doing piecemeal, piece by piece. And it was reported today that the reason why this uh, extension to uh, parts and distribution centers, it excluded Ford Motor Company parts and distribution centers because apparently in negotiations, Ford is uh, being a little bit more cooperative, it's been said, or, mm -hmm. or uh, being shown to be willing to give a, f a few more concessions than GM and Stellantis. So um, we'll probably see something, or hear something more in the next week on where this is carrying out. But yeah, as you were suggesting, definitely uh, the impact on the labor market is one thing, but the, probably the wider impact on consumers of vehicles, whether it's a new vehicle whether it's parts, a used vehicle, those are all interconnected markets where if uh, one of those are being impacted, particularly with higher prices or uh, delays in getting either the car or the parts, it's likely going to affect those other segments of the market. So yeah, this, this one could affect all of us in one way or another. Sure. I don't know if it's going to tip us into a recession. Right? I'm, I'm doubtful that that would be the case, but I think some of us might uh, encounter it at some point specific. Spe specifically with this extension to the 38 parts and distribution centers, because we went from three states to, I believe, 20 states now have some effect. But if you think of the distribution of parts, that would affect more dealerships later on and, and probably sure. more, more quickly. All right. Um, I believe that uh, takes us towards the end of the show in terms of... Uh, uh, what we're looking ahead to, uh, looking ahead at next. Um, yeah, what what are what's on the agenda here in the weeks to come? What's uh, what are economists keeping their eyes on? Well, my eyes are still on that UAW strike sure. because you know there was quite quite big information we saw today on Friday, and I think we'll hear more about it next week and perhaps in the weeks to follow. Uh, in terms of economic data, I was mentioning the Fed projections of inflation, particularly the. Uh, core measure is measured by the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, their favorite target. Mm -hmm. And when they say the 2% target, that's what they're referring to. So many measures of inflation, that's the preferred target. The most recent data will come out next week, which will cover the month of August. So yeah. we'll, we'll get an update there. Uh, expected to inch down a little bit more, but we'll see whether that's the case. If it's reporting data for August, um, other measures have estimated that uh, a composite of oil and gas prices would have rose by 10%. So that's a, a segment of that, So, but it might have some impact or be visible in the data that we see. Uh, estimates would be somewhere along upper 3%, low 4% numbers for that core PCE number. Um, this week, uh, there were some earnings reports that caught a lot of attention, particularly FedEx and General Mills. Uh, their reports weren't bad, but they weren't overly optimistic, somewhere in between. But we'll take somewhere in between, yeah. you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, some companies are to keep an eye out next week for their earnings reports would yeah. be Nike, uh, Costco, and also CarMax. So uh, those are th three that I'm looking at in, in particularly, not so much their financial reports, but what are they saying about consumers? What are they saying about uh, production and supply chain issues right now? And what are they saying about projections for future growth heading into the end of this year and into 2024? All right, David Yaskevich, uh, here on Money Talks. He is the 
Chair of the Department of Accounting, Economics, and Finance. David, thank you for being here today. Appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's fun as always. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to our audience as well, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be right back here in just a few moments uh, with more on Heartland News at 6. Uh, we'll be right back shortly. We'll be turning it back over to local news live for now. Stick around. <laughs> 